Hello, and welcome to this week's sermon podcast from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Here we preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Whether you find the message to be uplifting or challenging, comforting or even unsettling, we hope it'll help you grow in faith and your relationship with God. Thank you for listening. To God be the glory. The first reading comes from 1 Kings chapter 19. Then the Lord told him, Go back the same way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Hazael to be the king of Aram. Then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshi, to be king of Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Jephat, from the town of Abel-Mahalah, to replace you as my prophet. So Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Jephat, plowing a field. There were twelve teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the twelfth team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah, and said to him, First, let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will go with you. Elijah replied, Go on back, but think about what I have done to you. So Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople, and they all ate. Then he went with Elijah as his assistant. Second reading comes from, the, from Galatians, the fifth chapter. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide our lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So as the time drew near for him to ascend to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. 
He sent messengers ahead to a Samaritan village to prepare for his arrival, but the people of the village did not welcome Jesus because he was on his way to Jerusalem. So when James and John saw this, they said to Jesus, Lord, should we call down fire from heaven to burn them up? But Jesus turned and he rebuked them. So they went on to another village. As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you. I'll follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, Foxes have dens to live in. Birds have nests. The Son of Man has no place, no place even to lay his head. He said to another person, Come, follow me. And the man agreed. But he said, Just, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. Jesus told him, Let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Another said, Yes, Lord, I will follow you. But just first let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, Anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. So this has been uh, quite a week, as I told you. We had a whole bunch of kids running around Good Shepherd all week for vacation Bible school. It was a whole lot of fun. We got to talk about this message that um, even in challenging times, scary times, uh, unfair times, God is still good in the midst of that. God is always working towards good. It's a beautiful message. Uh, for our kids, and I was very fortunate because I had the great honor of teaching the corresponding Bible stories to our youngest VBS students, our preschoolers, which is great because, well, admittedly, I play really well with like three to six-year-olds, really well. It's, it's, I think we have a very similar sense of humor, by that I mean pretty juvenile, um, I see them in like the grocery store throughout the week and they're like, I know him. And their parents are like, are you Pastor Alex? I'm like, yeah. And they go, they think you're a riot. I'm like, yeah, they're six. They would. Like, that's basically my audience, you know. Um, I, I have to say, though, I'm not too bad. There are challenges in preaching, preaching and teaching to preschoolers, but I'm actually pretty good at it because I have a preschooler of my own in Harvey. And I had a preschooler in Amelia who's not a preschooler anymore wish he was you know but um yes it, it it's it's something I kind of understand and I feel like we work well together but it also comes with challenges because with preschoolers sometimes you got to give them instructions and then even harder then you have to give them additional instructions and that means I don't know if you know this preschoolers have a very clear agenda in their minds of what is the most fun thing they could be doing right now and if your agenda deviates from theirs, you're going to get a whole lot of, just one minute, just wait, just wait, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this now. So to move from one cool task, like, hey, we're going to do this part of the story where we build with blocks. They're like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And then you're like, okay, now we're done with the blocks. And they're like, not so fast. I'm not done with the blocks. It's like, no, we got another fun thing. Yes, it does involve that cereal, but later, not now, you know? Like, it's always, just, just wait, is what they're saying. Just, just give me a minute. That's actually something Harvey says a lot. Literally, well, the direct translation is, just one winnow minute, he says. Harvey, let's put our shoes on. Just one winnow minute. Harvey, let's go brush our teeth. Well, just one winnow minute. Harvey, let's go, like, let's go pick up this mess we've made so we can do what you're doing now. Well, just one little minute. It's madness. It's madness. I can't ask for anything without just wait one little minute. And I get so frustrated, and thankfully, my wife is 
way wiser than I am. She's like, just so you know, it's very age appropriate what he's doing right now. And I'm like, doesn't change how maddening it is. I'm sure it's appropriate, but come on, man. Like, again, just one little minute, just one little minute. I see a lot of this with preschoolers, you know, because we need to go to the next story. We only got 20 minutes to do this thing. Just one little minute. We don't got minutes, bud. We got to go. It's frustrated. And I'm reminded then of this story today as Jesus is walking from city to city, teaching, preaching, doing his thing, which everyone seems to like a lot. But sometimes he gets into town and people are just like, I'm sorry, guy, I'm busy. I'm not going to this. I'm not, I'm not going to participate on this. The disciples get very frustrated by this. They're like, let's kill him! And he's like, whoa, chill. Just like my wife. This is very age-appropriate of them. I'm not going to kill somebody just because they don't want to hear our story, okay? But then it continues to a very reasonable situation, which might be more in line with what we're talking about, is um, I felt really strange about this. It felt very insensitive that these people then come up in the story who want to follow Jesus. They're on board. They've heard the message. They want to do it. Let's do this thing. I will follow you, Lord. And he goes, then get aboard the gospel train. And they're like, well, just wait one little minute. I need to go bury my father. Well, that's a pretty legitimate reason to wait just one little minute. And Jesus goes, toot, toot, gospel train's leaving the station, bye, and leaves. And I'm like, <whistles> finds another one. Oh, I'll follow you, Lord, please. Let me just say goodbye to my family. Toot, toot, sorry, pal, gospel train's heading down, we're going, bye. And I'm just like, wow, Jesus, pretty insensitive how you're handling all this stuff, because these are very legitimate reasons to postpone their change in direction. But at the same time, I think Jesus meant for us to go, whoa, that's a little uh, aggressive, that's a little insensitive, because in truth, Jesus is saying, this mission, this thing I'm doing, it's happening, it's moving, we're going, you can hop on or not. The good news is, it's still gonna happen, we're still gonna move, and that this whole gospel thing, love, mercy, forgiveness, restoration, reconciliation, justice, peace, truth, and love, beautiful work. It may be inconvenient to your schedule. If you have plans that need to happen before this good work, Jesus is saying you might want to wrap that up real quick because this thing's happening. We're going to do this kingdom work. We actually pray for it every week. Your kingdom come. As right now, your will be done as it will be in heaven. Have that happen now, which may very well be inconvenient for our plans. The idea that every mouth will be fed is a beautiful thing. I think we all want to be on board with this Jesus vision of reality. Show of hands, who thinks Jesus has a pretty good plan? Great! Yes, that's why you're here right? I think I could tell. I could tell that is because I think it's that beautiful vision of love and mercy that compels us to welcome the little children, to bless them, to serve them, to start food pantries, to, to adopt classrooms, to have these reading programs we have at Vail, to, to do all the great work we do. Habitat for Humanity, putting people in homes. It's beautiful. It's 
beautiful. Making mission partners with people in Haiti for real restoration and change in people's lives, beautiful. I think we are compelled by this thing. I think it's such a good vision that we're like, yeah, of course we're going to help people out because when we fall down, God picks us up again, dusts us off, and tells us, you are loved. You are worthy of love, and you are worthy of respect. And I'm going to use you along with this Holy Spirit to change the world, to restore the world to grace and peace. And I think all of us love it so much that we gather here and come to a table of mercy and say, I want a piece of that. I want to taste it. I want a glimpse of that vision you have on a mountain where there will be a feast where all people will gather. All people. And it will be a feast of rich foods and well-aged wine strained clear and every tear will be wiped away every belly filled. Whew! That's why I'm here. That's good stuff. That's a really compelling story. We want to follow Jesus. We want the kingdom to come here now as it will be. Just sometimes I think we're not so different from our preschool friends. We're not so different from the friends in our story who Jesus meets who love the message just like we do and want to follow, I think sometimes we just have some other things we'd like to do first. If we could just wait one little minute, just one little minute, and sort a few things out, then we can get onto this kingdom come business. I love it, but just one little minute. Example I'll give is um, we know the things Jesus instructed us to do. It's the invitation to follow. It's how we live our lives. One of them is we will be generous. And he gives the example of, if someone asks for your coat, what do you do with your coat? You give it to them. More than that. What do you do with your jacket and your shirt, too? You give it to them. And I think all of us go, yeah! Uh, Just one little minute. I will do that. I just need to make sure I have a backup coat, jacket, and shirt, because I don't want to stand around with no shirt on. It's fair. Fair. Just like saying, look, I'll follow you. I just need to bury my father first. That's a fair thing. We also know God calls us to love our neighbor. Easy peasy. You love your neighbor? They cut their grass more, I'd love them more. If they did it at a different time than when they do it. If they didn't put that political sign out front of their house that I just, I've learned all I need to know about them now. They didn't hang that flag outside their house. Well, now I know everything I need to know about them. I love my neighbor, sure. I love the other neighbor I see eye to eye with a lot more. How about I just love them a lot and then... Maybe that'll balance out my complete distaste for my neighbor. Just one little minute. I will love them. I will love them after maybe we start seeing more eye-to-eye on some non-negotiables. We're called to feed the hungry. Easy. Who doesn't love feeding people? That's great. There's something real satisfying. I will. I'm on board, Jesus. I'm going to feed them. I just first, just one little minute, just let me check, make sure there's enough for me and mine. We do this in an orderly way. I want to make sure they actually need it. I want to make sure they're going to be sufficiently grateful for my generosity. That would be helpful, too. I don't want it to go to waste. I'd I'd prefer the people who get it aren't rude or something. You know what I mean? Like they understand how generous I'm going to be. I'll do it. It's just, just one little minute. Just one little minute. Once I figure out how to do this in an orderly fashion, and, and and then, yeah, I'll feed them. I'll feed every hungry person. Or welcome the stranger. Welcome the stranger. Take them in. We've got visions of Abraham, right? Welcoming the stranger, making them food. 
Oh, of course. I will obviously welcome the stranger. I just need to get to know them a little bit. Just one little minute. Let me get to know the stranger. I need to make sure I su feel sufficiently safe. In short, I would prefer the person not be a stranger. Then I will welcome the stranger. Once they're not a stranger anymore, then they're free to eat with me. Care for the sick. Well, clearly I'll help someone in need. I'm not going to leave them on the side of the road. I just need to make sure I'm safe too, and it's an illness that I fully understand, and it's an illness that I agree is an illness. I don't know. I'm, I'm not comfortable with the mental health stuff. I'm a little, little anxious about dealing with addiction things. I want to make sure it's going to be actually a fruitful endeavor. I don't want to waste my time. You understand, it's kind of it's risky helping people who may not really even appreciate it. It's, I just... Just one little minute. I will help the sick. I just need to make sure it's a fruitful endeavor. I'll care for them, though. I will. God calls us to welcome and love the little children. Every child, right? We can confidently say every child, every person is made in the image of God. Worthy of love. Worthy of respect. We believe in them as a spark of our creator. Made for a purpose to bless the whole world. Obviously, I'm going to love them. I'm going to love every little kid, every little child. Just as soon as I have confidence that, well, I need to serve some before others, you know. There's some things we need to make sure. We need to make sure there's enough to go around. How am I supposed to help them when I can't help these ones? We have so many needs here. We can't have, we, we can't have needs here and then expect me to serve someone else. I mean, they've, they've done everything right. They've, they've, they've got all the boxes ticked. I want to take care of them. Then we'll get to them, right? We'll, 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 we love every child, obviously. It's just there's a way to do things I think we need to follow. There's some procedures, some rules, laws, things we need to do to make sure that we can effectively care for every child. And that's going to be a real pickle, but I will. Yes, I do love every single child. Every one of them, I will. I'll do it once I know all that's sorted. These sound familiar? Any of them? I mean, they're all reasonable. Let me bury my father. That's fair. Let me make sure this is organized in a way. Let me make sure this is fair. Let me make sure this is legal. Let me make sure this is safe. Let me make sure this is secure. Just so you know, the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. There is nothing safe about following the one who was crucified. There's nothing safe about it. And he says, as we hear in Galatians, there is a great commandment. The greatest. All of the law summed up in what? You're going to love your neighbor. Which neighbor? Did I stutter? The neighbor. All of the neighbors. Every neighbor. You're going to love them. Galatians knows that we have other things sometimes on our list that comes before loving our neighbors and reminds us by serving that, we will inevitably bite and devour one another. And when we bite and devour one another, take care that you don't consume one another and that you yourself are not consumed by that spirit because the real spirit does not gratify these desires of the flesh. I would say our anxieties and our fears. Fears that there's not enough. Fears that it can't go around. Just as soon as I do this, in one minute, just after I make sure it's safe enough, just as soon as all my fears are taken care of, all those fears of the flesh, Galatians would say those fears will lead to strife, us versus them. They'll lead to jealousy. Why should they get it if I didn't? 
It'll lead to anger. Why should they have something that was never lawfully theirs? Quarrels. Hello, politics. Dissensions, factions, envy. The writer of Galatians warns, waiting around and serving these fears, serving these distrusts and anxieties, postponing, hopping on the good news train. It's not like God's going to throw hellfire at you. What will happen instead is you will miss bearing witness to the kingdom of God in our midst. Because it's coming, folks. It's coming. However, perhaps if we're confronted by an invitation, come follow me, Jesus says, and we all raised our hands that we like this vision. Come follow me. Love your neighbor. Jesus' instruction on that one? Give it a shot. Love them. Love them. I know they're different from you. I know it's hard to sometimes. I know they'll make mistakes. But the easiest way to get to loving them is to start loving them now. You'll only get better at it. That's the idea. When this thing comes around again, when we mess up, which will naturally happen, when it comes around again for an opportunity to love your neighbors, hop on board. Find a way to love your neighbors. And when we do that, when we boldly respond to the call to follow, and I mean follow, I mean actually doing the thing, doing what Jesus calls us to do, we're told then we live by the Spirit. And when we live by the Spirit, we will be guided by the Spirit. It's like exercising. It grows. Our capacity to love and serve grows as we do it every chance we get. It ain't about which child. It's about the child in front of you. It's about the need in our midst. It's not about the big, how can I just wait one minute? It's about now. Now matters. The kingdom of God is upon us. It's within us. It's growing. It's as near as our own breath, Jesus would say. When we live by the Spirit and are guided by the Spirit, when that call comes to follow and it comes all the time, we will not say, just wait one minute. We'll say, Yes, Lord. Yes. Because we will know how good it is. We will taste and see. We will experience the kingdom of God in our midst. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Please browse our website for other opportunities to grow in faith or serve the Lord. If you are able to worship with us at any time, we would be most honored by your presence.